Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine what is the single greatest horror movie of any given year, if that particular year is 2022. That's right. We're doing the classics. We're doing TV. We're doing albums. We're doing uh, non-horror films. But we thought, for the first time ever, this year was so great that we would give it a genre its own bracket. And that genre is, of course, horror. My name is Ryan. And with me tonight, as always, is our number eight horror superfan. Uh, I can name seven who like horror more, and we will go through that later with him. It's Mike. Mike, you are here today. Yep. I'm number eight, but number one on who's available today list. Happy to be here. Have you seen horror films before? I have heard of horror films. I did see Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Sure. And how did that go? I It was horrifying. I... Wrote off the whole genre before this year, and then I watched these eight movies. So we'll see what happens. Let me ask you this. Have you ever watched a horror movie on VHS? Yes. Okay. Uh, Dream Warriors? Fuck you. That makes me feel so much better. Our number two horror superfan, it's Margo. Margo is here. How are you, Margo? I'm doing well. Thank you. Have you ever seen a horror movie (laughs) that is called VHS? Um, You know what? I actually have only seen... That part of it that everyone talks about with the succubus. I saw that clip. I have not heard anybody talk about it. Please explain this clip. Well, I think I'm thinking of the right movie, but I might not be. (laughs) But is 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 VHS like the anthology one? Yeah. Or is that right? Okay. VHS, uh, there's a part where the guy where guys are like trying to assault this woman and then she's a succubus and she like bites their dicks off and it's commonly referenced uh, uh, by my female horror friends as uh, an entertaining sequence to watch. Now, does she explain <laughs> that this is because uh, this is where the tastiest meat is, or it's just the most embarrassing for the victims? Um, well, <laughs> I would say one of the movies... Wait, is Fresh still on the list tonight? Is Fresh yes. still on yes. the list tonight? Yes. Okay, yes, one of the movies that we watched tonight um, might sort of inform... That answer, and I think it, the answer might be that both is true. It's delicious and embarrassing. And I'm a big fan of anything you can, uh, you know, we're, we're roughing it, we're camping, uh, we have sticks to cook, like, our food over a campfire. Dicks. Dicks are perfect for that. Yeah, oh, there's true. a little hole, you can slide it right through it. <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> Taylor's also here. Wait in on this, Taylor. Yeah, um, I... Dicks, nature's hot dog, you know? <laughs> That's 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 where we got the idea from from the hotted dog and boy, you know, we we have the uh, we have like the mirror of it, but you know you can't you can't beat the real thing, you know. Right. It's a facsimile. Oh, I can and, beat and, it, but... and it. And it does the job. It's can, not as good. Can we all agree though that you're a fucking child if you put ketchup on your dicks? Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. this is Chicago. It doesn't baby. belong on there. <laughs> that's for babies. I want listen to- mustard. Relish, I, I will allow an, a chopped onion, but you're on thin fucking ice. Uh, what I, I want dick and peppers, and I don't need anything other than that. Maybe balls. A side of balls. But, yeah, a side of balls. <laughs> it, it, the balls don't go on on the dick, but like if you put them on, you know, in the little in the little paper boat that you get, it's fine. Great, great, great amuse bouche. And I should be honest, I do have one of those helmets with cup holders here. Two things of ketchup with straws into my mouth, and I'm chugging those the entire time. 
Chicago. It's the Chicago. <laughs> Guys, we are here to talk about the horror films of 2022. Um, and I'm going to, uh, because I'm a great host and because Taylor, you're a great uh, guest. Uh, I'm just going to uh, give, throw out the first question to you. Why? Why? Um, well, many philosophers have asked this question throughout history, but I think in today's world, the answer is horror is better than ever, baby. It's it's back. Horror is better than ever. Is that uh, is that a statement that you guys agree with? No, it's too late, Taylor. You can't take it. I see your mind reeling. You want to say something else? <laughs> you know what? No, I'll stand by it. I'll stand by it. Is horror better than ever? There's a lot of it. I think that's yeah. this year. There was a lot of it, and that it ranged from uh, like very campy to very artistic. You'll see on our bracket. Yeah. So I think it hit every quadrant. Uh, of people and uh, the only movies that make money if they aren't Marvel it's horror yeah. maybe I, I think it's because of there's there's been sort of a string of quote unquote elevated horror your Jordan Peele's have, have made some headway in that respect uh, so I think studios know now that you can make money putting out horror movies and so not just the quote unquote elevated or artsy horror is getting made anymore so I think just law of averages. We we're getting more horror movies, so more of them end up being good. Uh, and it's it's back, baby. Yeah, I mean that is that is sort of how it works, you know. Um, they we think that only old like all old movies are good, but that's not true. They just made a ton of them, and we remember the good ones. Uh, Margo, as yeah. our uh, senior, junior, uh, resident young person, um, why? <laughs> What is it about horror in theaters? Why is this? Why has this become like a uh, dependable thing in a era? And I don't know if this is a permanent era or a temporary era of movie theaters like kind of fading. That's a really good question. I think that um, seeing you know cinema is spectacle, and the pleasure of seeing a film in a cinema space involves like. Uh, the communal experience of reacting together with other people that you can't get when you're, even when you're with friends watching on the couch, it's not quite as uh, exciting and visceral as watching something with strangers and hearing their reaction and having that reinforce your own reaction. And there's nothing, uh, the two, I would say the two genres that prompt the most reaction are comedy and horror. But see, that's so interesting because why is comedy, and if you ask Billy Eichner this, he will scream at you for a <laughs> long time. Why is comedy at, like sort of done, like done in yeah. theaters, but horror is thriving almost better than before the pandemic? Hmm, that's a really good question. I think comedies are starting to feel like cash grabs, and I guess you could say also that like humor is more subjective than horror is and I think I, that as Taylor was saying like we are having these like brand horror uh these horror brands come up like Jordan Peele and Blumhouse and like the the concept of going to see a Jordan Peele movie sort of feels like going to see an auteur film um in sort of like the same way that I imagine was the case when Hitchcock was making movies all the time and people were going to see yeah. Hitchcock movies. I also think it's a lot harder to, s to see someone be really good at horror in 30 seconds on TikTok. And, uh, <laughs> and I, or you can all the that's jokes. That's such a good point. <laughs> There's funnier things <laughs> than movies. Yeah, I mean, like, 
that's the thing is that there's uh, other places to go for your comedy. I also like, I don't know if this sounds cynical, but I do think um, the spoiler thing is a big deal. I think that one of the reasons, believe it or not, that uh, superhero movies are so big is because it's a giant soap opera and you don't want to know the end of the soap opera. You don't want to be told it. You want to go see it. And mm. comedies aren't really spoilable. I'll watch that at home, but I don't want to find out why the barbarian is being the barbarian from my neighbor. I want to go see it before everybody else does. Yeah, based on most people and when comedies were in theaters and you'd all go, people love saying the line before it happens and or laughing hardest at the jokes they saw in the trailer a thousand times. Yeah. Now, Mike, back in the day when comedies were popular, you would ask me to see the comedy before we went and see it like the day before that way i could prompt you for every line just like oh this is funny you're gonna love this right like you're, you're into that <laughs> that's my favorite experience. way to watch uh, comedy specifically is to be teed up warmed up let me know when something funny is about to happen this is not i think it's important to know and we're already we're in the end of january right now uh so this has come out in the middle of february um and 2023 is repeating 2022 in that this is not a niche thing. This is not a bubble thing. Like these movies we're going to talk about tonight are not doing avatar numbers, but they're not doing like, um, you know, it's not like a man named auto. Right. Uh, or like Yellowstone numbers where the people who watch it think it's very popular, having no idea that outside of their bubble, no one has ever seen a goddamn (laughs) second of that. Uh, these are actual, these, these movies are making money. Um, and Sort of, if you're going to make something middle budget, it has to be horror. Like, do you think that this might cause even a bigger horror explosion in 23, 24, 25? I think so. I I think we, it goes one of two directions. It either is like the heyday of like slasher horror in the 80s, or it, it is another sort of like mid 2000s schlock horror bump that sort of killed the genre for a while. I guess why I don't think it'll be that one, Taylor, is because there's not a lot of uh, Eli Roths, and maybe we'll, we'll get new Roths popping up. But they're like, out of all the yeah. subgenres of horror, there's the the torture porn bullshit isn't happening right now. Yeah, except I- for Terrifier. <laughs> except for I didn't realize that. I just see the creepy clown with black mouth, and that scares me. <laughs> Wait, Margo, uh, I was a little surprised that Terrifier did not even make our Sweet Sixteen. Explain, and it's Terrifier two this year, right? Explain this. Terrifier phenomenon. Terrifier. I went on like a huge deep dive into Terrifier recently. <laughs> um, it's it's a f- film that started as a short film in like an anthology indie movie that did like the indie f- film uh, festival circuit in like 2015, and the like real uh, winner of that anthology was this character named Art the Clown and the like fan base around him uh, prompted the movie Terrifier where he is just basically a silent mime clown that is not supernatural in any way. He's just a guy. And we see him in the beginning of the movie like put on makeup and clown clothes like so we know he's just a person. And he just like stalks these young women and kills them in horrifying ways. Um, and it's it's just like a really, really standard like slasher film and sort of the, that feels like an o- homage to like the, the real like chainsaw shit of the 80s. <laughs> and then uh, the, the second one that came out this year is set in a carnival 
and uh, everyone has been lauding it a lot for being like bigger budget, having a better story, having an actual protagonist that we're like rooting for. She's like a final girl and she rules. And I haven't seen it yet, but apparently it it's dope. But that that harkens back to when I was a kid because movies like uh, Evil Dead or El Mariachi would come out and then they would get their big budget sequel sort of remake but like now now we have money you know that's exactly exactly what's happening with terrifier and people are saying like it's it's fun it's it really reminds me of my childhood when um all this like publicity about a horror movie was saying like you you can't get through this movie without leaving the theater like people are like passing out from fear people are like needing to call the hospital because they're so scared in the theater Uh, People are like throwing up like there's so much publicity around like how like fucked up this movie is. And but all of the people that I know have seen who have seen it are just like, yeah, it's just like a sick ass, great, like practical effects, creepy ass slasher movie with a very scary clown. Yeah, that's a 60 year old marketing play right there. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it feels very like classic. Going off of Terrifier and how it works, um, we'll start with you, Mike. As one of the uh, most famous, uh, not in the top seven, but one of the most famous uh, horror fans slash critics, uh, what do you think about the new trend to be like, oh, that was a good movie because there was five good kills? Or that was a good mm. movie because there was two, there was not enough good kills, there was two mediocre kills? No, yeah, fuck that. I, 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 want, <laughs> I do want good kills, but I also or, want and, to and not, not be kills, bored like out of my pieces. skull in between the set pieces. The That had a good set piece equals good, uh, no. Because is it like people who talk about this, are they watching movies? We'll go to you, Taylor, after this. Are they watching movies in such a way where you hang out with your friends in between set pieces and that way you're really only watching the set pieces? Like, how are these people judging movies? I, yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. Is like, I, I think uh, there's a way of watching the movies where, like, oh, this is. I want to enjoy the big set pieces and then I can talk to my friends during like, as Mike said, sort of the boring parts in between. Um, and, and if, if that's how you're watching and enjoying the movie, I think that is a, that's a much more enjoyable experience for sure. But I don't know if that makes the movie itself better. Cause if I'm watching that on my couch, like I'm going to be bored to tears in between the set pieces. So like it, it does have to have like, a plot and like characters that I care about in between which ones of them are getting like, you know, frozen in kryptonite or whatever. And then broken apart by a a big hammer or like thrown into a a wood chipper and, and then like uh, an organ plays while they, all of their little pieces turn into pipes and they explode (laughs) or or whatever is happening. I haven't, you know, I'm not good at, I'm not good at making No, all of that was great. I'm sick of Taylor constantly pitching. I've seen a lot of cartoons. Uh, Margo, like, it, is this how important is this to you when you're watching the movies? Uh, is this a thing, or like, is, uh, are you paying attention to the boring parts as well? I love a good boring part. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I mean, I love a set piece. I love, like, I think genre films in general are fun for the set pieces, but nothing. Uh, th- movies are good when the characters are good and the story is good, and then if there's like fun genre elements happening, then it's like an extra little cherry on top. Uh, Last question before we uh, kick out some movies Um, for you guys. I don't really have this experience. Um, My wife's just at some point said, you know what? Life's too short. Uh, I'm done. I'm done with all this shit. Uh, 
But when you guys watch movies at home with other people, uh, your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whoever, is it quiet? Here we go. I need to focus on this film. Or is it let's let like let's sort of recreate the movie through your experience. Let's have fun. Let's talk. Let's joke. Let's laugh. Fuck Mike, joking, let's start with fuck you. Fuck laughing. Get off your phone. I steal everybody's phones and put them in a basket. They're not allowed to be on. We're watching a film here. We're not freaking watching Love Island time. Get off your phone. <laughs> so it's the difference between for you, Mike. The dividing line is not horror from fi- like uh, uh, good movies, like uh, things like dramas or sci-fi dramas. But uh, trashy reality TV and films and horrors included in that. Yeah, for me, the the rule would be if I was allowed to make house rules is only trashy reality is allowed to have phones out. Otherwise, you have yeah. to do like, well, here's what just happened. Oh, you don't get why that person said that now. Like, that oh. sucks. Yeah. Be on your phone. Be on your phone if you dare. But don't fucking ask me a question if right. it do happened not, while you're on your ask. phone. Yeah. What about for uh, you guys? Is it uh, loud and proud or quiet and not a riot? <laughs> I am I am typically it depends on the movie but I am typically a I I like to pay attention to the thing that's happening um but if it's you know if if we're watching um an absolute laugh riot or if they're you know bouncing around doing cartoon bullshit I'm going to have I'm going to have fun with it I'm going to talk about my enjoyment of it but not to the detriment of like yeah like I'm not pulling out my phone and being like you know, the, the noise I, we all make when we're on our phones. I love this new Taylor character of a turtle going down on somebody. It's <laughs> Margo, have you ever shushed somebody in your own house or a oh movie? Oh, my theater? God. I If anyone that I am with while watching a movie has their phone out, my butthole squeezes into a smooth surface. Like, I... I get so tense. All my muscles tense up and I want to like bite their head off. But I and it's very challenging for me, especially I sure we I'm sure we all know this feeling. But when we're showing a friend a movie that we've already seen and they're on their phone, I could die. I could I could die and I could commit murder. I, I do love a color commentary yeah. in a movie. Um, sometimes Taylor and I will pause a movie yeah, to I debrief was, a scene. I, I was just about that. to bring up. Yeah, like if we get into it enough where we need to discuss it, we're like, well, we can't talk over the rest of the movie. Let's pause and just talk Let's about it Let's pause and have now. a 15 minute discussion yeah. about how we feel about the characters and their choices. That, that is so different than the being on your phone thing because one is you're yeah. more engaged with yes. it. Right? Yeah, you're yeah, so yeah. engaged you have to stop it. One is... Uh, nothing matters and we're all just dying slowly on the fucking couch. <laughs> My wife and I have uh, our own remotes. She's got the volume for the sound bar because she always thinks that the baby's going to wake up. So she's up and down on that. And I've got the pause button because every time she's like... <gasps> I'm, I pause it and I turn around. I'm like, yes, dear. What would you like to discuss? <laughs> yes, my love. Yeah. But there's something about the phone, though. Like, I My eyes have an issue where like, I, I, I would do anything to train myself out of it. But if you pull out your phone, my eyes go directly to that light. And that's all I can think. Yeah, about. I, I can't not see it. Exactly. <sighs> it's so nice to find out that Margot, just like the three of us, is an old man. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, the best horror of 2022. In our first battle, your number one seed, Nope, goes up against upstart ninth seed, Fresh. 
Fresh stars Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan in a meat cute that goes horribly wrong when it turns out that he holds women captive and sells their body parts to rich people eaters, contributing to the trend of cannibalism that was uh, that the 2022 Hollywood Army tried to hammer home. It was a hugely successful streaming movie for Fox turned Disney, and was at the top of the charts for all of March. It's going up against Nope, Jordan Peele's third film. It tells the story of brother and sister horse ranchers, played by Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, who try and videotape evidence of a potential UFO, or whatever they are called now, on their property. Taste Buds, both of these movies combined multiple genres to get fresh takes that were hard to say nope to. But what, Mike, stands out as the horror set piece? If you had to pick one horror set piece of the two films, what would it be? It is, I mean, this is a wood chipper that Fresh is going up against Nope, but I'm going to find a set piece in any of these. I challenge to go up against the sky raining blood on the house is so fucking brutal and so intense and, and beautiful at the same time with all the, like, the <laughs> fog and the clouds. I love that. I've thought about that scene so many times throughout the year. Is it possible that Jordan Peele just like has drawings of random shit and then throws them all into the same, including the house being bled on, and then throws them into the same movie, and it's okay? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say uh, house being bled on, uh, like shoe. Half-floating shoe. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I, don't know. I, th- I think there's going to be like a rodeo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's just I like, mean, just the idea to have on a poster a cowboy hat that looks like the spaceship that was in the movie. Right yeah. there. When like, everybody realized that, what a beautiful day on Twitter. Oh. Oh. Guys, is uh, let's get into fresh. Is Mike right? Is this a fucking buzzsaw that it ran into? I, I listen. Nope, is definitely a buzzsaw. It's I. I'm never going to dispute its number one seating, but I will say, I I I want to address that. I think it was a little overhyped. I think I think my experience of watching Nope was uh, a a bit of a letdown. Uh, from what people had led me to believe. And I would say uh, I watched it on the same day as some other things on this bracket. And I would say <laughs> my ex- my experience of watching Nope was lesser than those. Like, absolutely Nope made me th- think about it and had some thoughts. But I think the thing that Jordan Peele does, and he does it very effectively, and this isn't an overall criticism, but I think he sort of puts loose ideas into things and and sort of loose metaphors and then the smartest thing he does is not tell anyone what the fuck it means shut the fuck up so then everyone else interpreting it puts the smartest thing they can think of on top of it and then is like wow he's such a genius filmmaker and i saw so many reviews ahead of it that were like you know on first watch, I didn't actually like this movie, but now that I've thought about it more and I sort of get what he's going for, I think it's a masterpiece. But they never they never say in those reviews what they figured out he's going for. And is this a crescendoing opinion that you have? Like, do you think that this is more like Nope is the most, and then but us sort of had it too, and then but Get Out had it too? Like, is this like uh, I, this issue that you're talking about? Is this getting bigger and bigger? I I think it's. I think he had a a bit more clarity of vision in Nope than he did in Us, but I I do think it's sort of... I I think he's leaving it more open every time. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I do think it it lends itself to 
try like i think people are really trying to reevaluate and be like i i if people have a first impression that they didn't like the movie because they expected more they want to put better on it if i had been lit if i had been accurately led to believe what the movie was i think i would have had a better time watching it because i wouldn't have been trying so hard to figure out what's going on under the surface and then realizing oh i think i probably figured it all out as i was watching it and i i got it I, I well, you're fine. smarter than most people, Taylor. I, I, that's the thing is I don't think that I am. But, but No, most people are fucking dumb, man. You, yeah, you really are. I know how everything I say sounds sarcastic. That wasn't intended to be sarcastic. I do think you're smarter than most people. I'd rather take loose metaphor intentionally put there than, and I, I liked Fresh, Yeah, two of the most charming leads in any of the movies we're talking about, but then here's a no shit fucking obvious metaphor that by the end of the film, people are literally screaming it. And like, yeah, I got it. You don't need to have your characters scream what the movie was about. Yeah. So I like that these two are going up against each other. I think that's a very good, great comparison. Cause yeah, all of that to say, I do think Nope's maybe has this one in the, like, thank you fresh for showing up. I had a blast watching fresh, but you're right, Mike. Like it is like, they're not do they're not being as subtle with with fresh it's it's on its tin which can be very fun uh but you know if if we're, if we're judging art sometimes you have to appreciate subtlety well margo i'll go to you what happened with fresh like uh do you think that what do you think about fresh i actually um prefer fresh to nope and i would put fresh as number one uh up against nope and my feeling is i i actually think i think that in the jordan peele conversation get out i think is a successful and succinct and clear well thought out fully tied up in a beautiful bow movie and i i agree with your crescendo analysis ryan that like the get out feels a little bit less coherent and nope to me felt a little bit less coherent and I don't mind that, but I agree that um, I think I went into Nope with really, really high expectations and I really enjoyed the film, but I also felt frustrated by how much it felt like the different um, metaphors that the film was trying to articulate weren't really succeeding for me or weren't feeling like metaphors that paid off at the end of the film. Um, or paid off enough I mean, for me. We've got so many ideas here. And it's not yeah. just like drawing shots on notebook paper. Like, I want I want this house to bleed. I want uh, to show the inside of a alien. And it's going to be all, all of that ruled. Stuff. I loved every visual thing happening. <laughs> That's the thing in that, like, though, and he got this uh, director of photography whose name I'm going to forget, but, but it's like Hoyt, Hoytema, I think. I. <laughs> uh, it just incredible to look at. I did yeah. get to see this movie in IMAX, and uh, whether it's night or day, the sky, the sky just sits there. The sky is like anyone can film that. That's not true. This guy and this guy only can film it. And you're so uh, engaged by the camera movement, the performances, uh, whatever you think of those, and the need to solve the puzzle keeps you going. Yeah. That when, uh, by the end, you're like, but wait, if this is the theme like these two things contradict each other i don't like exactly so it's just all thrown at the wall and my fear is i still think it's an amazing movie 
Uh, I still think it's like worth watching. But my fear is is that if we are on a trend, a crescendoing trend of more ideas, looser ideas, that eventually his fifth movie is just gonna collapse. Like it's just gonna be. It's just gonna be like. Uh, uh, that guy from Seven eating so much spaghetti he explodes, <laughs> and then we have to watch it, and we have to be like, "Uh oh, I think Peel is dust." Yeah, I, I it's either that or he he reins it in a little bit, and or just comes out and says, "Hey, my next movie is just gonna be a bit a big spectacle." Because if I had been prepped as like, "Hey, this movie's just a big ass monster movie. You're gonna see a big cool monster, and it's gonna be kind of lurking around," I'm like, "Great." Let me put my Godzilla glasses on. Let me like let me have a blast with this. And and that is a different experience. And I think that's the difference between Nope, the experience that I had watching Nope and Fresh because I walked in and Fresh with no fucking expectations. I was like, "Oh, what? Like a, a Hulu original film?" Yeah, okay. Okay, Hulu. Yeah, oh, oh, cool. Uh, and then I was like, "This fucking rules, man. This is so much fun." Like I had a blast watching it. And and I think I think well, expectations definitely play a part in the experience of seeing it. I was going to say what I love about fresh and, and nope does this too, but like he has expectations is just cast good actors, guys. You can yeah. be a pretty basic horror movie, cast great charming actors. Yeah. I want to see the rom-com version of them now. Yeah. Yes. I'm so sad it didn't work out for those crazy kids. Yeah. I also like with fresh, I just, lo- I'm a real sucker for like aesthetic and mm-hmm. both films are dripping with aesthetic, but Fresh is like has this retro, like very intentional, referential, um, like 70s erotic thriller energy to it Mm. that I was just gobbling up like so many livers in that movie. I was just (laughs) so many butt cheeks. Yeah, Yeah. so many beautiful butt cheeks. Conversation bowl, right? Didn't he? Yes, Yes, he had a pit. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I mean, everything from the title sequence to the costumes to his insane haircut in the movie felt so retro and so playful. Um, And I I definitely agree with you, Mike, that the metaphor was so on the nose that I felt like I was being beaten over the head with it by the end. (laughs) But I also... It was fine for two-thirds of the movie. You're like, I get it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I also will say, like, I... To me, this... The movie Fresh is very similar in structure to the film Ex Machina, which is a, a favorite movie of mine. And I almost liked the way that I almost liked the way that Fresh used that structure better to be like like Ex Machina and Fresh are both about like a woman imprisoned, escaping from her like narcissistic, misogynist, sexist a hot captor and breaking out. (laughs) And also there's other women that are trapped there, but in fresh, the women all break out together. And I really liked that. (laughs) They break out, they break out together, but like they still, I I, I think part of the reason why this is an amazing matchup is because Nope trusts its audience too much to the point where like, Hey, I'm That's the director and I need yeah. you to tell me what this movie yeah. is. Whereas Fresh does not trust its audience at all. Yeah. To the yeah. point where like uh when we're running out, we're in the forest outside of the house at the end, and um uh, one of the bad guys is female, and like, how could you? We have to stick together. Right. <laughs> like we're literally beating each other yeah. on the head with the it, points. And so I wish I wish Fresh had trusted us a little like ex machina yeah. did. You know, yeah. Fresh was making well, it. the sweet dance sequence? Yeah. Sorry. There kind of was. There, there kind of was. was a sweet dance sequence. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I, I feel like Fresh was made 
with the people who are looking at their phones while they watch in mind. Like they want, they tried to get ahead of the, why is this happening? What's going on? Like they wanted to make sure you didn't miss anything. I legit think that's a thing we have to be able to point out in movies. And for me, based on when I grew up and my hatred for younger people, you're going to lose a point or two. Right. Right. You're just going to, because I can see, I can understand it. It's, it's like, a uh, these movies are made like, um, radio shows where you have to reset every 10 Mm -hmm. minutes you have to be like uh just to remind you you're listening to this radio station and this dj i'm gonna prove how not young i am by using radio (laughs) as my uh analogy wkpp but yeah go ahead i I think the uh you know you mentioned a trend uh in the intro ryan of like oh if it has two to five good kills it's a good movie i think the other trend is the the jordan peele and ari astrification is Horror has always been ripe for metaphor. That's that's been inbred for it's all the decades it's been around. But I do think people are now like, oh, elevated horror. This kill has to mean something, mm-hmm. so we're gonna try it. Fresh is not the only one on this bracket that is trying to get aim for that. Like this means something, so it's more important and fails. Mm. A, uh, quite a few of the movies we'll talk about go for that. Yeah, and it it doesn't count when uh, you hit you grab a bookshelf to kill the villain and you hit him on the head with a like uh important feminist book you know like that's it needs to be a little bit more than that i also really fresh is important to me because i finally realized my uh thing with sebastian stan Mm -hmm. took me eight years but he is the handsome version he's the uh big chin version of justin kirk (laughs) he's this is i've been waiting for a justin kirk marvel character for so long justin kirk was the Sarcastic guy on Weeds. Like Andy. The Uncle Andy on Weeds. Uncle yes. Andy. Uh, he had his own NBC show where he co-starred with a monkey. Uh, I love <laughs> me some Justin Kirk. And now we have Sebastian Stan to uh, carry that torch. Should they play brothers and really hurt Justin Kirk's ego by everybody saying how handsome Sebastian Stan is? 100%, Mike. You know that they should. And also, Mike, who's moving on? Nope or Fresh? Fresh, thank you so much for existing. Uh, and for making me fall in love with these two leads, and I want them to be our generations, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Uh, it's nope. Nope, a thousand percent. I will say one of the acting scenes of the year. I really like this actress. Um, I think she's losing a little bit in the race to become a huge star to her Normal People co-star, Paul Mescal, because he, I think he just got nominated for an Oscar, and he was in the best movie of the year, After Sun, which, Mike, you and I need to have a talk about soon, buddy. Um, but one of the scenes of the year is her eating people in order to like appeasing her captor in order to move forward in her escape uh kills it taylor nope or fresh i am gonna i'm gonna give this one to nope but it is so much narrower than i think a lot of people would believe like it's it's these two are honestly very close for me and that's surprising to me as well but i am gonna give the edge to nope on this one and Margo, you'd go fresh. You know, I, I feel like you guys have kind of convinced me to come around on Nope because I sort of feel like the um, I agree about the metaphor being a little bit too way too direct in Fresh. Um, but I will just say before we cast it into the sea that I really enjoyed um, the sequence when she eats person for the first time. Um, because I was anticipate, there's like a moment when she takes the first bite and we like zoom into her brain. And I was kind of anticipating like that scene from Ratatouille where 
we like <laughs> pass through the life of this person and like she has some sort of like eye zombie type like revelation about the woman she's eating but instead she has this like very visceral um connection to the super wealthy billionaire men eating the other humans um and it's like it flashes to this montage of all these like all these different guys that have bought this woman's body and are eating it. And she feels connected to them instead of to the woman being eaten. And that felt really interesting to me. And I really enjoyed that moment. So shout out, shout out to the metaphor of the year fresh and, but we can give it to the maybe fumbled metaphors of the year. Nope. (laughs) There's also a hardcore Ratatouille scene in the menu. That's true. Where, so shout out to Ratatouille for providing our horror movies this year <laughs> with all of their best moments. Uh, nope, moves on. Thank you so much, Fresh. We're going to take a break. When we come back, round two battle. Oh, if you missed round one, that's on our preview show. So go back and check that out. We kicked out eight movies. Tonight is the Elite Eight. Coming up next, round two battle two. Your number four seed is Barbarian an early year piece of evidence that the right genre and good word of mouth can still get people to the box office. Updated the old haunted house genre into haunted Airbnb. Barbarian also feels like it might be updating the awkward date night until that awkward date night isn't uprooted by cannibalism, but by something else. It's going against (laughs) Pearl, Ty West's prequel to his other movie on the bracket X. I have to assume that if we had always done a horror bracket show, this would still be the first time one director had two movies in the elite eight. Moving completely away from the movies that influenced X, Pearl is a little less Texas Chainsaw Massacre and a little more Douglas Cirque by way of Disney, by way of Ty West. Taste Buds, let's start with Pearl. And Taylor, this is you. Pearl couldn't help but be in the shadow of X. Does it feel like it's its own movie? It it does feel like its own movie, but like the, the tones are very different between the two of them. So Pearl feels like its own movie. Unfortunately, it... F- you can sort of feel that they wrote it and prepared it while they were making the other movie that they spent a lot more time preparing. And I, I feel like it does, unfortunately, even though they have different tones, it does still live in its shadow a little bit. Um, and it, it feels like they, they had, they had a, an idea and they definitely went with it and they, really fleshed out this character and that was very interesting but it does it doesn't it it does feel like a prequel to the movie that we all saw and enjoyed rather a, than like lesser you know, than like a movie junior like it's really yeah. hard to avoid the fact that we know that they rushed this and it's almost like taylor if you were you're making a big thanksgiving dinner for all of us like turkey and all the fixings and then on the side you're also making tacos real quick i don't know if those tacos are gonna be that good bro yeah, it, it definitely, it feels like watching Pearl makes me enjoy watching X more. Like I enjoy the things in X even more having seen Pearl, but that doesn't mean that Pearl on its own stacks up, you know? Like it's not bad that they made it, but it doesn't, it's not necessarily as enjoyable. Pearl sometimes reminded me of Solo. Where oh. the movie Solo gave us uh, origins to things we fucking didn't need the origins of. And Pearl, there's yeah. moments where it would stop and be like, you know you were wondering how that car got in the lake. No, man, mystery is cool. I don't need to see that moment when that car now gets in the little lake. 
Uh, and yeah. there were too many... The times where it's just kind of breathing and you're getting to know the interiority of Pearl. Yeah, let Mia Goth cook. Fucking we'll yeah. watch that all day. But the times where it felt like, and now we need to like connect it to X because that's probably why you're watching this. If they, You could tell the difference of those moments. Mia yeah. Goth uh, was a little surprised she was not nominated for an Oscar. And as crazy yeah. as that sounds, I kind of was too. Like I was there with her. Is Is she right to be a little shocked by this? Absolutely. The best scenes of Pearl were, let's put Mia Goth in the middle of nowhere with no one else around and just let the camera roll and see what she does. And like, I I would watch entire movies that were just that. Like, she's she's so good. And like, the end of Pearl is just like, (sighs) we we told her to smile and then I didn't cut and I just kept filming. And it's Timothy Chalamet caught dead in a ditch. You know, his producers ran up to Ty West and they were like, Ty, we heard there's a movie called Smile coming out later this year. We need to beat that smile. Let's see it. I want you to film it. Uh, Margot, is Mia Goth our new... Like, If we were buying stock in Screen Queens, is this... Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Especially because she's apparently killing it in Infinity Pool as well. I think people have learned that Little Miss No Eyebrows Mia Goth is... Uh, the name of the game right now in horror. And I don't know if it's Scream Queen. I don't know that she's so much, even though she is a final girl in a lot of these movies, I think she has so much darkness in her performance um, and her abilities that I think people are looking to her to be fucked up, which is really yeah. fun. I mean, Scream Queen in that you are an actress that is primarily in horror movies, but like she's clearly Word, got yeah. more range than that, and she's clearly going to be the villain a lot of the time. And that, that makes yeah. it feel so modern, because she's yeah. not just there to be like, look at that girl on the big screen. Like so many horror has has been from like the eighties, yeah. on every, every time Mia got the warped, yeah. Every time Mia got the final girl, you are waiting to be like. Is she about to like join in with the killer? Like, is she is she about to flip sides at any moment? Like, you're just waiting for it. That smile, that last shot, uh, I can only describe it as if uh, Vanessa Bayer uh, and Tim Robinson came together to be oh my one God. person. <laughs> wow! But it's to like, your I'm, point, yeah, go ahead, Marga. Well, just to your point, Ryan, it feels almost like an episode of TV more than a movie. Like it's so it's it's like 80 minutes long and it's such a small, um, a small cast and a small story and such a character piece that it does feel like in the olden days uh, when you would get like a, a DVD of a movie and then there would be like a special feature extra film that <laughs> that came with it that you could enjoy along with the main Pixar movie. Yeah. <laughs> sort of how but it like, felt. It, d- it feels this, like... Do you sort of like like write s- it off then because of this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, but it's not. it doesn't feel like it should be in like the hall of horror films from this year. And then, Taylor, I'll go back to you. Uh, does the... The Douglas Sirk, the old school, the 1930, Douglas Sirk was like 50s melodrama, but like the Wizard of Oz, the the early Disney, does that feel like this is something that Ty West really wanted to do and succeeded at? Or this was, oh, I have to do this because I have to separate it from the movie I just made and I want to do a director's experiment instead of make a movie. I It feels a lot more like 
the second one, I think. Like, I think he really wanted to do this and, and try it out. But it's, like, both X and Pearl are doing, like, here's a style and a genre that is borrowed from something else. And it, it, it feels in Pearl, like, I, I want to do this thing, but it's not as... I, I can't tell if it's, like, not as well executed or if it's just that style when executed well enough it just isn't as entertaining like yeah, it doesn't it, i think it doesn't spark the same sense of like nostalgia in the genre as you know other genres that he's done have uh, yeah i think that you're describing sort of how i felt which is a series of really incredible moments full of talented people but i don't know if it really yeah. holds together mike can you describe to me what your first time seeing barbarian was like Yes, I was in the theater. I saw Barbarian and X on the same night. What a Saturday that was. Wow. Uh, it was, oh, you, you go in knowing nothing. That's all you know, right? And so Airbnb. where were you in the uh, trendiness of like word of mouthiness of this movie? Were you early? Were you later on? Uh, I mean, I was later on than some, but earlier than others. I, I was er- earlier than normies, I guess, but not, I bet Margot and Taylor saw it before I did. Let's put it in that scale. After them, before you. Uh, but it already had a lot of buildup. And I think what ruined that experience for me was people were like, it's this year's Malignant. And I fucking love Malignant. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, man. Yeah, Skarsgård, this girl, they're creepy. Who's what? The creepy things are happening. I'm into it. And yes, best needle drop in the world. But yes. I think because I was expecting malignant bananas and it didn't hit that for me, I, it's grown a lot more in my estimation since thinking about it. And that's why I, I Taylor, when talking about Nope, you're like, oh, if you didn't like it at first, that doesn't actually, it was actually bad. I disagree because so often I will not really like a movie walking out of it. And then the more I chew on it, the more I'm like, you know what, Mike? Shut the fuck up. That was fun as hell. Justin Long was a prick, and he was so good at being a prick. Wait, that's uh, you saying that to yourself, or that's me saying that to you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't. still don't know if you're real, or if uh, you're just in my mind. I get it. Uh, Mike, who are you I talking to? What? Have <laughs> I been hosting? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so where I'm at now is like, yeah, it was fun. It there's still I don't I don't think it's as uh, great as everybody said it would, but I would love to see Zach Krieger's next film. Okay, so I think that is a very interesting sentence that you could say for a lot of these movies. Um, Mimi, it's not letter, but the director of Fresh. I'm very excited about her next movie. Mm-hmm. Right, like like we see the pieces. Uh, we're there. Um, so Marco, we'll go to you. Uh, where were you when you saw Barbarian? Did you uh, were you part of the hype wave? And did it fulfill whatever you were hoping for? I really appreciate how cool Mike thinks that we are. Um, <laughs> we're not that cool. We Taylor and I watched it on the couch like a few like a month ago, and um, and loved it. I I like what I appreciated about it was I didn't ex- I hadn't heard as much hype as you had, Mike. But the main hype I heard was that Barbarian executes a perfect three-act structure. And that, I felt, is true. <laughs> and watching it, um, and I didn't know anything else about it, and I didn't even know that the clips of Justin Long that had been going around on Twitter were from Barbarian. So <laughs> going into it, I, I felt the 
pleasure of ignorance and really feeling like, okay, Bill Skarsgård is definitely the bad guy. Like the suspense is coming across so well. This is like maybe the most successfully suspenseful horror film of the past decade. And then getting to that middle point or getting to the the second act um, and that act break and being like, oh, I'm having so much fun now. And then laughing for a whole act. I think I had a few issues with the movie. I think it did kind of lose me in the third act because it didn't feel Mm -hmm. like it felt like act one, there was a consistent and coherent like thesis happening. And act two, there was the same, a new, a new thesis, a new attempt. And the third act was like, now we're just having fun. And I sort of wish it had been like, and now we're having fun. And there's like a new thing we're going for. Um, I also felt like the movie hated Detroit in a way that did feel classist and racist uh, and or at least unthoughtful. Like there was a lot of trying to talk about how Detroit is like has a bad rap and how the, the experience of how people talk about Detroit is classist and like the flashback with the guy watching the white flight happen in Detroit felt like thoughtful, but then I also felt like it was exploiting the audience's fear of the Detroit and of like poor black people. So I was kind of disappointed by that, this uh, is but probably, I still loved it more than Pearl. <laughs> this is probably the second peeliest movie in that we're going to throw a bunch of themes at the screen and hopefully catch them. But uh, yeah, like the white flight is probably the m- most in your face and Again, like I think unthoughtful is the best word for it, Margo, that you said, because uh, not only did you really add anything new to the conversation, but I'm not even sure you understood the basic conversation that we all already had going into the movie. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of wish that you just had maybe had more set pieces. Um, like, what if you just ignored whatever you thought that you had to do? Um, yeah. Because, you know, white people, the flashback, white people are the real monsters. And then the homeless guy who's coming to kill the main character, he's black. And so she's scared, but he's actually there to save her. Um, All of that stuff sort of fell flat. But everything where they weren't trying to, like, hit somebody in the head with a book about feminism was so much fucking fun. And... Taylor's whole thing about nope and like how important your expectations are almost for this genre more than any other genre. I just didn't, I don't think I had what Mike had going in and I fucking loved this movie start to finish. Like this is the only horror movie I've watched with my wife in probably three years. And we both had like a screaming, laughing, like literally bowls of popcorn flying (laughs) in the air. Incredible time. And I don't know what else I'm looking for, you know? When he pushes her off the tower at the end, yes. Taylor and I both like stood up and screamed. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a delightful piece of shit he remains the whole yeah. time. Yes. I love that he did not get a hero turn. Oh, this character will not be arcing tonight, Mike. No. No, no, no. And he <laughs> shouldn't. It's so perfect. Like, uh, Barbarian is, I'll, I'll reveal now, Barbarian is one of the movies that we watched in the same night where we watched Nope and Barbarian uh, far and away surpassed it for me i was like what what a gift what a gift to walk in not knowing even the slightest amount about this movie just that it's supposed to be good and then uh like just like the moat from the moment justin long shows up it's a different movie yeah and and that movie like (laughs) 
when, when he finds a secret fucking room that is the most terrifying thing in the universe and it immediately cuts to him seeing, can you count a basement extension as square footage? How much money can I get from this Google search? <laughs> so like funny. that is the funniest thing anyone's ever done in a movie ever. And I'll stand by that. <laughs> him doing the tape measure down the stairs to hell. It was Fuck. so oh golden. My God. Uh, and there are so many like more former sketch comedy guys should become horror directors yes. and I will stand by that. Oh, one more thing to say about um Barbarian and how fucking good it is. Um like it's playing with the so many so many tropes in horror in such an effective way and one of the tropes of versions that I really liked is how smart the art like female protagonist is Mm -hmm. it feels like every single choice that she makes in that first act is a choice that another protagonist in a past horror movie would be like too ignorant to make but she knows to like put that mirror and like prop it up and do every single like thing that she does to keep herself safe feels so uh, rewarding that it's like wow I'm really really rooting for this smart ass self preserving woman to make it out I, I think that's another amazing layer to Barbarian is that I get a little tired of you know like Scream 5 didn't make this Elite 8 um, and I get a little tired of the winking and the uh, you've seen horror movies before right but uh, the way that she's acting where she has seen horror movies Margo but it's not rubbed in our fucking face. Mm-hmm. Like she's not talking yeah. about it constantly or the casting of a scars guard. As yes. Guy. So we <laughs> so know smart. the villain immediately this level of meta where uh, we're rewarded as experienced watchers, but not like it's not rubbed in our face while we're watching like mm-hmm. by the actual characters on the screen. I think it's so important. I think it's such a vital part. I mean, barbarian somehow banked, on the fact that if we go to black and we cut to Justin Long, we both laugh as a nation. And I didn't know <laughs> yeah. that was going to be true, but this movie figured it out. It'd been long enough since we all missed him. Yeah. We, yeah. It'd been long enough since we all <laughs> seen him. Also, he's still accepted. a dork. And he's yeah. still a fucking dork. If you cut to Justin Long singing Ricky Ticky Tammy, <laughs> we're, get, we're uh, all we, going to have a good time. We are out of time. Margo, Barbar Ian or Pearl? Barbar Barbar. Taylor? Is Barbara Michael? Yeah, Barbara for sure. We're going to take a break. <laughs> Maybe the four of us accidentally ruin the rest of the bracket by uh, explaining who's going to win. But when we come back, we are going to fight two new movies we haven't even talked about yet tonight. Our seventh seed, Bodies, 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 tells the story of a group of Gen Z kids picked to live in a house. To find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting more Gen Z than anyone ever has. Directed by Helena Rajen and starring such luminaries as Lee Pace, Pete Davidson, Amanda Sternberg, Maria Baklova, and Rachel Sennett, the movie was both praised and criticized for its characters and dialogue. It's going up against, if we're being honest, the exact same movie. Mad God (laughs) is the film that special effects expert Phil Trippett spent 30 years making. It's a stop-motion story of one person's descent into the movie Mad God. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Margo, we're going to start with you. Uh, Which movie felt more like it had new, like actually new, new things to say, both about humanity and horror? Let's start with Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. (laughs) Bodies, 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 I think was definitely trying to be very new. The references you make to Gen Z feel quite 
accurate, not only because the movie is about Gen Z characters, but also it feels like the movie is about the phenomenon of the current teen and young adult population, also known as Generation Z, a.k.a. Zoomers. Um, I feel like... um, the movie is I've heard it I've heard it described as a scream for the younger generation like what it has done for depicting young adults in 2022 is what scream did for depicting young adults in 1996 like the the movie is about how people that age communicate with each other and talk about horror um, and I don't know that it, I, I would say to, as far as accomplishing that, it succeeds. I don't know that it accomplished everything that I wanted it to as a movie. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a movie, horror or not, that does a better job or even takes on the role of depicting these fucking kids? Definitely. I mean, well, Okay. Okay, okay, okay. I think that Eighth Grade by Bo Burnham okay. is maybe maybe the definitive uh, depiction of the experience of being a young person in the era that we live in today. Um, other than that, I think every movie about Gen Z is insulting and bad. Well, <laughs> okay, so let's go with insulting. Mike, uh, is this a movie that likes its characters, that wants you to like its characters? Where Where's the comedy line and where's the hatred line here? I think, yeah, comedy. If you went on VOD like I did, this says comedy, not horror. And <laughs> I agree. I think this movie's super fucking funny. But a my pass for them, other than I'm old and they're young, so of course they're going to talk differently than I do and that makes me uncomfortable. I'm the Lee Pace in this character. I should be so lucky to be the Lee Pace with this group of young kids. <laughs> and you can see his face but he's not cool because he's an old creep hanging out with all these young kids. I, They are easy to make fun of, but anybody who's 22 is. And that's mm, where yeah. I went away from it is I don't think the movie's making fun of Gen Z and being like, isn't Gen Z stupid? It's saying, isn't a bunch of coked up 22-year-old rich kids stupid? Yes, Regardless of they generation. always will be. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. they just had very – this felt so much more real to me than like the euphoria Gen Z kids. Uh, it was only darkness and everything is uh, there's no joy and this friendship is messy and real stuff does come out when you're fucked up and sometimes you make fun of your friend's podcast but it is hard work to put a podcast together (laughs) I will never make fun of any of your your guys' podcasts I'm going to say that right now Taylor what do you think about the character the handling of these characters I thought yeah I I think it's very like uh, I, I liked the way that it was like, yeah, all of these kids are 22 and some of them suck more than others and some of them are trying not to suck and failing. Um, But I really enjoyed the characterization of Lee Pace and how all of the younger characters viewed this uh, like older man uh, and they're like, yeah, he's like a vet. And the the reveal that he's a veterinarian is like incredible and just like he's he's like yeah i brought a lot of survival stuff because you know we're in a hurricane i want to be prepared you know i don't i i have i've lived life and i know how things can go wrong and uh i just want to i just want to be safe you know uh yeah sorry when you're 22 you like catastrophize everything and you're like any 
inconvenience is the worst thing that's ever happened, but also I will live forever. <laughs> also, like, yeah, like uh, we're having this friend fight battle, right? Like we're having this argument. That is yeah. sort of the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. Looking back at it now, I was like, fuck those friends. I never saw them again. But at that yeah. moment, I will say that the insults to the podcasting did not hit me as hard as just watching Lee Pace be 20 years older than all of his friends. That one, <laughs> that one was rough for me, guys. I'm going to say the- the reason I think it isn't an insult to everybody in Gen Z is the character of B, who is our protagonist, and is just a normal, chill, young person learning how awful rich people can be, which is what I saw. A good theme throughout uh, all horror, maybe not all, but so much of horror this year, is uh, fuck rich people, right? The minute you pulled up to this house, you're like, well, everybody's awful, huh? Eat the rich, and sometimes literally yeah. was the theme of this year. As a horror movie, though, as a we're stuck in a house, uh, we think there's a killer. Um, you know, was it effective? What did it like? Did it have the spooks and the thrills that we're looking for? I thought it had in enough, but like it wasn't it wasn't playing on the tension as much. Like I I heard it described as closer to like a, a this generation's clue, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's it's it's not it's not trying to be as funny, and it is trying to be a little bit like there's a higher body count. Um, but it is like, uh, it is a lot more of a whodunit, any one of us could be the killer situation than a, there is a killer on the loose and the kills are going to be, like, I don't, for the most part, I don't think we see hardly any of the deaths because I mean, that's sort of the part of it. Um, other than Lee Pace. Yeah. Other than Lee Pace. So, so like we're more like it's building tension from like interpersonal tension than right. like the, the the kills and the blood of it all yeah and in that way in that it is a uh, hour-long drama of a high school tv show that's sort of where i think it succeeds the most yeah which you know, even though you're using di- different words like microaggression it's still the same shit we all had to go through and i do and think, I think that t- talk about catastrophe it captured that of hurricane who cares whatever they, they, they're going to live forever. Their friends start dying. They're worried for a second. And then they go back to, well, you used the wrong word here. And that is that worked very well done. And uh, it was very fucking funny. And I do think that's how young people work is, I'm going to forget that people are dying around me right now because you said the word I don't think you should say right now. Fucking young people. They're idiots. Well, I Margaret? think that's part of why um, the movie does succeed as like a good Gen Z movie is is yes, it is about young people, regardless of uh, the era in which they're young, but like young people who saw the movie and saw themselves being lampooned or saw like rich and shittier versions of themselves being lampooned left the movie being like, that was a great, great movie about my generation. Like that, that tells me that it succeeded because it is so much, it felt so authentic to the phenomenon of like, this matters so much to me right now this is the most important thing in my life. And it's that like, my feelings are hurt about this really stupid comment. But like based on the Gen Z people that I talked to about the movie, uh, they all had a similar thing of like, I loved how the movie discussed people in my generation that are not me. Like those are yeah, people oh, that totally. other people act like this. <laughs> totally not me. Which is, yeah, sort of a meta experience. Cause the characters in that movie also don't think that they're the characters right. in that movie. <laughs> Normally, I wouldn't say something like this, but I do have to say right now, all of these Gen Z things. Uh, Mike, we're going to start with you, man. I don't know. Like, you brought this on us. 
I don't uh, just uh, we we talked about in the preview show why you picked this, right? Yes. Um, thirty thirty years in the making, very impressive. Um, but now that you have seen it, what the fuck was this, man? If I had watched this on my own, I would not have put this into the bracket, Ryan. It is <laughs> earlier, uh, or no, over on the Patreon, we talked about Skimmerink a little and how people are like, oh, this is more of an art movie. That's not what I was ready for. Man, I've seen, I've been, I'm going to push my glasses up. I've been to a lot of museums in my day, guys. Uh, Woo! <laughs> And I've seen so many 10-minute versions of fucking Mad God in a dark room being like, huh, this is too long, uh, 10 minutes. <laughs> and it, uh, visually very impressive. And But man, sometimes you can feel him being like, oh, I've put 30 years on this, so I'm going to make this scene eight times longer than it needs to be to watch this little piece move and this little piece move. And can't you tell that war's bad and we all just kill each other? And like... Heavy-handed metaphors all around, and yes, a little cool visuals, but fuck yeah, it 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 is too long, and I apologize for putting it on this bracket. I don't think you should apologize. <laughs> I like. I, I wa- also don't think you should apologize. Uh, but I do agree that like watching it, I was so glad that this was not like a, a random movie I watched, but I had you guys to come like in mm-hmm. the future and talk to about it. But like Taylor, as far as like when we were talking about Pearl, and we were like, yeah. is this just a director's experiment or is this a movie? Where does Mad God fit in for you? Listen, I'm I don't care if uh, the, you know the listeners come online and call me a hypocrite and stomp outside my apartment and they light fires and and call me all sorts of bad names. I kind of think uh, you actually want that. Uh, listen, no, don't absolutely don't do that. Um, but I had a blast watching Mad God. Like it is absolutely a director just doing his thing and being like, I want to make a thing that just looks cool and there's not really going to be any dialogue in it and and that's going to be part of it oh, well, you I'm going to do <laughs> Well yeah listen well listen there there can be noise and communication but none of us can understand it because you know Tower of Babel etc uh he's he's doing he's doing some fun things it's it's consistent and it looks fucking cool it's like I think listen you are right it is more of a let's put this on in a museum and and watch it sort of film but i had a fucking blast watching it i totally enjoyed like if you're gonna if you're gonna go that direction with it if you're gonna do all art i'm i'm doing sort of a a tech demo go full force with it go absolutely 100 percent. and he fucking did and i i i was blown away it looked so it looked so good i all the whole time i was watching i was like how the fuck did you do that? How, like, how'd you make that happen? And that, that uh, feeling is undeniable. Yeah, like, I don't know if it should be played in a museum or more like um, the Guar Cruise, like, on the walls <laughs> of the boat of the Guar Cruise. But, like, I, I, like, there are so many parts of this where, like, my eyes, I felt darting around to try to see everything. You mm-hmm. know, like, let me get it yeah. all in. Um, I wouldn't recommend watching this movie while you eat. But oh, it's gross! No. Yeah, I watched yeah, it. On I, a I fucked night that up a little bit. <laughs> I watched it on a Sunday night, and my Sunday night dinner is a bowl of pee and poo, so it actually didn't affect me <laughs> that much. But there's a part where a bird just straight up, or something. I, it's hard to call anything like a bird or a dog or whatever, but like puts its head into the ass of a bigger oh, animal, yeah. and just there's just explosions of fluid everywhere. This is. How do you recommend this movie? Like, it's did did you ever want to see a steampunk Hermione Bosch painting? 
as a movie, that's what this is. You know, I have. Man, I did. Uh, that explains so much why I was like, this is my shit. Hell yeah. Like, that's up my alley for sure. I also, There's- like, this is a thing that I know about myself. One of my favorite genres of anything, like any sort of media, is just. Like, give me a a massive complex with a bunch of different areas that represents there used to be a thriving civilization or many thriving civilizations that are ancient and un- unknowable. And we see only the, the largest right. monuments of them as hints of what came before. <laughs> and that, like, that's all this movie is repeatedly. And I was like, cool. See, I was thinking about that right there. Like, is this post 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 apocalyptic or there's so much fucked up shit in this world that like it was hard for me to imagine what the world could have been as if this world was created to be as awful as possible like instead of like this was we started here and th- and we became this instead of that it's like that this is just like the the anim- the animal torture you know that like didn't have a reason for being before it's like everything in this movie was created to be awful yes he's i think phil Tippett is the mad god that the movie is named and i think this I, I, this is hell it is hell i think that's the yeah. whole yeah and i mean like there's different you know he's lowering himself through all yeah. the, the rings and the rungs and uh, going into the movie i thought mad i took it for like crazy it's crazy <laughs> uh <laughs> but crazy. i think that it is I think it might be angry in that all the stuff in the Bible that God swears he's going to do if we do this and we just always do that shit anyway. What if at one point he was like, all right, you guys have fucked up everything on my, literally everything on my checklist and then just created, this is what well, he would create. I think that is what it is. Cause I mean, it, it opens with what I took away as very obviously like, here's the, here's the tower of Babel. We've built it. And then it gets swallowed up by angry, godly smoke. And then we cut to the rest of the movie. I think that is like the intro being like humanity fucked up. We, we built too high. Uh, and this is the result. Everything's, everything's fucked now. So this is essentially Blade Runner 2050, right? This is the direct, this is one year after 49. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is exactly what happens afterwards. You can actually see in the background, um, Ryan Gosling is hanging out in the background of one scene, um, getting like a bunch of peas shoved into his eye sockets. <laughs> but it's it's that Nighthawks poster where he's at like <laughs> yeah. a diner bar just getting the peas shoved in. Yeah. Ah, man, it's so many disgusting things, destroying disgusting things. Like the amount of times where uh, nobody could take a step in this movie unless we catch their feet and show that they're squishing other live yeah. animals. Tinier creatures. Yeah. The, I, I think when like, what made me roll my eyes the hardest, because uh, I agree with all the things you guys have said striking visually, is when the nurse takes the baby parasite thing that was in the first assassin when we find out there's been hundreds of assassins, which is the name yeah. of the guy with the gas mask who fell for much of the movie. Uh, she takes the baby to... Uh, plague mask needle fingers yeah and like she doesn't want to and then she goes back and cries in bed and it's like oh man the system's so fucked up but like what else could she do she didn't want to do it but she had to like the the whole movie is a message when there's no story no dialogue so like that part i was like fuck you fuck your we all have to be part of this violent system i'm not part of fuck you man it, it was either too easy of like if that's how she deals with it or is all the violence we've seen, does somebody go home and cry and they just had to do it because that's the world we're in? 
Mike, what, what's a better movie, Mad God or footage of you watching Mad God with two middle fingers right at the TV? That I like that one. <laughs> you, you really you would like that? You would recommend that movie to people? And it's pretty gross because I was frothing the mouth and be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I don't know what's about to happen here, but Mike, I have to go to you. Bodies, bodies, bodies versus Mad God. Look, everybody knows I'm a scream fiend. I'm so glad Gen Z gets one. This movie ruled. It was a delight to watch. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Taylor? Listen, this is another one that's very, very close for me. Um, I, I enjoyed both these movies in like almost opposite ways. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna vote for Mad God. I could, I couldn't roll my eyes at the parts that Mike rolled his eyes because I was just thinking about how fucking cool that Plague Doctor looked, and I'm still thinking about it right now. I did like Needle Fingers; they looked scary. Uh, yeah. Check out Taylor's Instagram during Halloween time because you might see the assassin going into the depths of hell. But I do think as as much as I appreciated Mad God, as much as I uh, am glad that I have seen it, much more glad than I am uh, I'm currently seeing it. I'm not currently watching it, and I love that aspect. <laughs> I'm going to go with bodies, bodies, bodies. Because, um, yeah, I think that I'm uh, shockingly closer to Mike on this one. Like I was sort of mixed, but listening to Mike talk about it, uh, I agree. We're going to take one last break, and when we come back, it's the final two movies in the Elite Your final battle of round two features two movies that got a little more faith than others, got put into theaters, and became legendary. X is the Ty West movie that a whole trilogy is based around, and it begins here with one of the most classic horror elevator pitches of all time. Group of youths head to the hills to film a porno, and they all die. Smile's premise is just as classic. People start to smile in a creepy way just before they kill themselves. Why? If we went to a video store in the 80s, we could have rented both of these movies with these two premises, no problem. But taste buds and Mike, I'm going to start here with you. Uh, does Smile? We'll start with Smile. Does Smile feel like it's moving past its classic premise and it has other things on its mind? It sure does, one, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I hear I am at the field. Um, th- this is one of those that I. They're like, oh yeah, messages and horrors big right now. So I guess we're going to really belabor the point and be like, well. The smile's a metaphor for your trauma and the grief that you're smiling through and nobody can see what you're hiding. I will Monsters say this. <laughs> trauma. I heard of the Baba Duke and saw it follows and then I made smile. <laughs> oh man. If the poster said from peop- from the producers who would have heard of the Baba Duke <laughs> and saw it follows, that would have been awesome. Um not a premise, but like a gimmick, I guess. Uh going away from clowns and instead saying smiles, I find it creepy when people smile brilliant i Uh, I agree yes but the idea of ptsd as the theme even though the mcu has been tackling this for like 10 years this is (laughs) like you you gotta come with it if you're gonna tell us something new about these characters and their trauma and i just didn't see it here it's i while watching this movie i enjoyed it uh but it's fluff it's cotton candy there's nothing fucking there i'm not mad i watched it and I wasn't like, oh, I should just turn this off. I, w- I wasn't bored. But, like, I've seen hundreds of forgettably bad horror movies and enjoy watching them, you know? And then, so for this to end up in the Elite Eight is why I think my uh, anger comes out. Are you saying it should have been the Black Phone, Mike? Are it should have been the fucking, also another movie that's doing what older movies did, but so good. What if we had people with talent? Uh, but, again, hands down, my favorite uh, marketing campaign a movie's had ever was Smile, and Smiles are creepy, and finally we as a society can talk about that. Don't fucking 
bare your teeth at me. Yeah, I go don't smile at me. me. Don't fucking smile at me. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I th- and it, then it, it, if we could replace smiles with um, like grab your fedora and just tip it towards people. Cheerio. Yeah, that would be so much better. I feel like this whole episode of uh, uh, this podcast has been leading to talking about X. Um, yeah. I want to get into it because I've heard so many different things about this movie from um, Ty West sort of keeps his secret crown. You know, like Ari Aster can't have it because Ty West just won't give it to him. Um, all the way to, oh, you have done nothing new. Like, you've just recreated this bullshit that we didn't like then and we like now. Uh, Margo, I'm going to start with you. Um, as an homage to movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I'm not even going to list more because of how TCM this movie is, uh, did you feel like this guy was just jerking off to the movies he liked, or are we getting more stuff? No, I definitely think we're getting more stuff. I think there's so much fun at play here that feels, yes, it's packaged in a really, really successful homage, I think, but it does feel like there's a lot of new stuff um, uh, that we're that we're having conversations about in this movie. There's like age and the horror of aging and sex and the love of sex and the horror of sex and jealousy and envy, jealousy and envy of, you know, like romantic partners being interested in other people, but also jealousy and envy of people of someone having the youth that you once youth, had yeah. and Oh my god. And and the fun that this movie has is cannot be understated. Like watching it is laugh out loud funny at times and the type of gory horror that isn't really like when you're wincing away from the screen because it's so gross. It's just like funny to watch kind of. Um or at least that was my experience of it. Like the creative uh farm tools used as weapons throughout and the humor of just this like meek old woman uh playing out like you know acting out these like it's just fun it's just fun and it's hilarious and there's like big dicks and big boobs and uh, guitar songs and (laughs) just it's just a blast and a half the whole time now you're listing off all of the things that made God a mad God and destroyed <laughs> our planet and turned it into a hell, but uh, they are all of my favorite things. Uh, Taylor, let's go to you with uh, Ari Aster has gotten a lot of shit. I brought him up randomly, but I think he comes in here uh, for making aging, period, just aging, horrifying. Like that's the scary part is that people get old. Does this movie do that? Does, does the movie say because you're old, you are scary? I think there are moments where it sort of does that, where there is one particular scene I'm remembering in in particular that the the gist of that scene is uh, once you hit a certain age, you fucking is horror. Um, (laughs) And 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 that's like uh, 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 we could we could talk for hours about the the implications of that. But I I think I want I want. Can you go into it, please? Like. it's been out for a long time. Let's do spoilers. Like, I do want to get into this. Like, can you explain yeah. what you're talking about? So it's it's the scene where um, sort of our, our 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 main girl Mia Goth is uh, hiding under the bed, and um, our other main girl Mia Goth is uh, <laughs> on top of the bed, and her husband who cannot get cannot. <laughs> <laughs> he cannot get an erection because his heart is too weak and he's like 
I'm sorry, I want to fuck you, but if I do, I'll die. And she's <laughs> like, come on, just do it for me. And he and he gets an erection, and then, like, it, it, we, it goes to an above, like, shot of them, like, having sex on the bed on top of her, and it's like, this is, oh, it's how horrifying that she's, like, stuck in the room with this. And it's, there is an aspect of it that is, like, I'm hiding from the killer, but also, like, the added, like, horror of, like, people are fucking above me and it's it's weird and creepy that like people are old but so like what about the other two aspects though is this played for comedy and i'm gonna bring up something even crazier is this played for romance are we like i I thought it was a couple sweet moment like when you get past that and he's like this is the thing my wife has always wanted dick and we learned that a little in pearl (laughs) uh (laughs) and so i will give it to her and die because i did i was surprised that that moment felt sweet in a way there's okay. i think there's a lot of things going on that that is an aspect of it that i do i do want to get into where like uh, there there are some like potentially problematic readings but i do think the gist of the entire movie is i'm rooting for pearl i'm sort of on her side like i want only the best for her <laughs> like like and that's such a weird thing like in a movie where like she's not really a, a redeeming character in ways that like other movies try to like give you something to root for. I'm like, this is a, a psychopath that we're watching, but I, I am also like, I, I, I hope she's, I hope she's doing well. <laughs> like, I hope, like, I hope things are going well for her. Uh, and like, I, and it doesn't even make me like hate all of the characters she kills in ways that like other movies do that. I'm just like, she's fun to watch. And I, and I do appreciate that that is like sort of a tender moment. And she's got someone who like, loves her so much that they will like uh, repeatedly like enslave young teens so that his wife can like torture them in the, in the way that she likes to do. Like it's so it's, it's twisted and fucked up, but in a way that makes me go, Oh, that's nice. I, there was a happy wife, happy life. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, there was a part while Taylor and I were watching the movie where we, we just turned to each other and we're like, I love every single character in this movie and I love watching them die. Like, <laughs> and that's a very challenging line to walk. <laughs> the thing like the thing that got me about this movie that uh, it was a thing that made me go, hmm, is that uh, <laughs> this group that's going up that sort of they have a job to do and there's gross people, but there's also really likable people. Um, Brittany Snow. Yeah. yeah. Yes. She's great. Uh, and uh, I mean, they, like when they're all hanging out, there's awful people too. Like this producer, clearly a sleaze bag, clearly like using yeah. people to like get them for him to make money and get get them nude in bed. But like Brittany Snow and uh, her boyfriend, uh, like hanging out and talking about what sexuality means, mm-hmm. and us not even knowing at that point, but we both learn throughout the rest of X and throughout Pearl that uh, they're they're so free because they're not sexually repressed. Right. The thing that made Pearl go fucking insane and kill people because yeah. she wants this thing and she can't have it. And she's been told her entire life that she can't have it. And even without Pearl, we could have guessed that Pearl was told her entire life that she could not have it. And these people are all out there uh, exploring their bodies and having fun. Like I, 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 I get what you guys are saying about how like uh, these, these characters came here to make a porn and die. And you know it's fun to watch. Came here to do two things: (laughs) porn and die. We're all out of porn. We're all out of porn. But yeah, like uh, that—that—that is sort of the conflict of the movie. Is that like uh, it doesn't matter who you root for, 
this shit's going to go down no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like, these killings, these people bringing weapons into public places because they didn't get what you got is going to happen no matter, even if you Mm -hmm. seem landslide as pretty as possible. Which, that moment, by the way, uh, this is not a thing that the movie did intentionally, but it's a little treat that I gave to myself. They started singing Landslide, and I was like, oh, that's fun. They're doing an anachronistic uh, playing from the Dixie Chicks version. And then I remembered that it's originally by Fleetwood Mac, and I was like, oh, actually, that's not not what they're going for. But man, the joy that I had in that moment. (laughs) Wait, did Ah. Fleetwood Mac pre-cover this Dixie Chicks song? That's cool. (laughs) Wild. How did they know that Dixie Chicks was going to write that? <laughs> uh, there's somebody that we have not talked about tonight, um, and that J- is oh, J- J- oh. Jenna Ortega, who has a small part here where it feels like, although in very sleazy ways, is being um, you know sort of seduced and welcomed into the world of movie making. In the world of this movie and in our world, uh, I don't <laughs> know if anybody became a faster, bigger star. Here. Yeah. Uh, the trio of... X, Scream, and Wednesday. Man, what a yeah. year. What a year for this kid. Taylor, how yeah. hard were you hoping that he said the trio of X, Sever, and Ballistic? God, <laughs> I, I thought, did he not say that? My mind sort of <laughs> auto-completed a little bit. What what I loved about the like little side plot of her and the cameraman, is, her boyfriend, and that's why she's here, is it, it underpins the theme of the whole movie, right? Of like, envy and... For him, it's like, well, sex is fine for other people, but not for you. You shouldn't mm. want sex. I want mm-hmm. you to be free and have sex with me, not other people. But there's all these layers, uh, and they this little relationship to the side of the movie is just like, I don't. We just need to put this. If you're not getting the rest of the movie, we're going to do it in a smaller scale right here for you and deal with all it's, of the emotions. It's the same conversation that we keep having this whole time about like how how do you successfully have metaphor in a movie? And I feel like X X does a really, really good job of having all of these themes, both on the surface and subtextual and kind of like helping the audience along to get them with that character without feeling at all. Like we are being spoon fed, Mm -hmm. um, a shitty version of the metaphor or, or without feeling like the metaphor is being obscured from us or being conflicted by the material in the movie to a point where it kind of falls flat. Uh, yeah, I don't like. I I don't know a better way to say it. Like, uh, it's been a while since I watched X. I don't know about you guys, but it, like, if we were to go watch it right now, take a break, take a two-hour break, come back, and then talk, like, all four of us would find, oh, it's about this, and then that conversation that we would have where X didn't tell us, we yeah. told X, uh, yeah, and and none of us would be wrong. All of us would be like, oh fuck, it is also about that thing that I didn't notice, but you did because you're you. Uh, like uh, this movie. This is the movie that was the most built up, but not like from, for me, not from like horror fans talking about Barbarian, but from like actual critics who were like, um, you guys seen this movie? I don't, uh, this movie is fucking crazy. And when I saw it, uh, it delivered mostly on the Barbarian throw the popcorn in the air stuff, but absolutely on the holy shit, man, like. One farm. To, uh, if you're gonna kill somebody, get them to your farm because there's so <laughs> many weapons. But two, like this movie has so much going on right now. Yeah, I think like when we talked about like is Pearl living in the shadow of X? I think it absolutely is. But that's not because Pearl is a bad movie. I think it's because right. X is so good it, and it does so many things so effectively that like even if you're a movie that's better than ninety percent of other movies that come out, it, it's hard to live up to 
one that's better than almost all of them. And speaking of like the merit of this movie as a movie outside of its genre, holy shit, the editing in X is so, so good. Maybe some of my favorite film editing I've ever seen. And just the directing, like it's so stylish and it's so cool. And there's so many like uh, sick ass cuts and cutting back and forth. It felt like such a fun experience from like my memory of being a film student in college i was like yeah yeah like (laughs) ryan back to your like question at the beginning of like is ty west just sort of like recreating a thing like even if you want to argue that he's just recreating like an old thing and not bringing anything new he is bringing something new in that he's bringing something new to the current context that you can have fun doing like little editing tricks. You can like do a big push in, you can whip the pan, like the camera around. Like it's like all of those little moments. I was like, this is fun to watch. Even when like nothing is happening, I'm having, I'm having an enjoyable time just from the filmmaking of it. It's especially when compared to so many big modern movies. Mm. Yeah. They do fucking anything. No. <laughs> well, if you move the camera with those, like, then you're going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars in like CGI that we have to redo. Mm. But yeah, you're going to reveal think, that the actors aren't in the same space. Yeah. <laughs> the, I think Taylor, you you just described the difference between X and Pearl for me is that Pearl, a lot of Pearl is so much like, what if we did? And <laughs> X, so much of X is like, oh no, this is very carefully planned out, and all mm. this crazy shit, we have intention. There's so much more intention there. All right. X versus Smile. Colon ballistic. Uh, can we just move on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smile all the we way. All, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mike, I didn't know you owned two Smile banners, but he is waving them as hard as he can. Unfortunately, <laughs> X is going to move on. Guys, that's, that's the round. When we come back, we are going to uh, put our heads together and decide what is the greatest horror movie of 2022. This is it. It's the final four. It's Nope, Barbarian, Bodies, 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 and X. We have the one, third, and fourth seed. They are here. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. The seventh seed got into the final four. Mike, we're going to start with you. Fuck. uh, It's going to get crazy right away. I literally have no idea what you're going to say. But say one of these two movies. It's Nope versus Barbarian. I refuse to say either of those movies. Can I brag and say I knew this would be the final four? What do you want me to do here? You want me to vote and not waste time? Is no, you saying? did not think these would be the final four. <laughs> yes. I you you thought, thought that Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is the most surprising to me. The right. other the other three I did, I, I would have called. What? Bodies, Bodies, Bodies surprises me. I know horror movies and I know my friends, fuckers. These were <laughs> That's okay. the Fair four. enough. The uh, fucking it, things you brag about. They're so yeah. weird <laughs> and niche. Uh, I know my friends. I think I understand everybody's issues with nope but i also think the maybe this oh man there's no way to not sound like a fucking dick about this i like poetry oh okay there's easy answers suck yes no that's why i suck i know margo make the jerk off motions all you want i don't know (laughs) but like the anybody can bring anything to this and often that can feel lazy for appeal to pull that off and it to me it doesn't feel lazy he has a lot of ideas and he's like fuck he i he i know he has his answers but how uninteresting is that for him to be like well here's what it means to me to be able to generate that kind of conversation 
for as long as it did about a not IP based film, uh, I think is one awesome piece of art and two awesome marketing. And nope is it for me. Let's go to Margo. Barbarian. <laughs> Barbarian. I liked it more. I liked watching it. When I saw it, I thought, I like this more. And I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, does it make sense to you that uh, Barbarian's going to take this down, but Nope is the only movie on the big movie bracket, like the of all genres, Nope is the only horror movie? Absolutely. And uh, something I was going to say is, like, I absolutely understand why Nope is up here and why Nope is the one on the other bracket. Because I do think that it straddles genres more and there is an argument that i don't fully believe in that someone could make that nope isn't fully a horror movie i think we addressed it on the preview show i like i i do think it has horror elements but part of it is just like uh uh you know like a 50 sci-fi movie or like this is a spielberg movie like it's it's jaws basically right um and it's you know I think it makes a lot more sense over on that bracket. And I think it's going to take down a whole hell of a lot of things on that bracket. Um, but I do think that you called it a little bit on what my decision is going to be. And that I like, if I am voting with my heart and what I enjoyed watching more, it, it was barbarian. And I, and I agree with Mike. I think that like, arguably Nope is the artier movie that is shooting higher. But I felt like, if if you if we're voting on what delivered on what it's going for the most, I think Barbarian fucking knocked it out of the park. What a surprise! What a f- like a fresh, new feeling movie while sticking within the confines of genre, and that's very hard to do and very impressive to do. And I walked away from that movie excited about other movies, uh, and and that's and that's not a feeling that Nope gave me, but I I fully support Nope, and I think it. it We'll do great things in the future, uh, but I'm going barbarian. <laughs> Plus, uh, giant titties making milk. Like that's what we got in barbarian. Yeah. I think that's why it's moving on. If we're being honest, yeah. to our film selves, love them ties. I do totally think, Mike, that in ten years, uh, when all of the hype has died and you're on an airplane and you rewatch barbarian, you're gonna be like, all right, now I get this. Like, oh, I'm gonna watch it again very soon, probably after we have to do all this chore homework watching. <laughs> Uh, and then the guy who cuts your hair, Ian, does he like it? Oh, he loves it. Your barber, Ian? He, it's it's finally a movie it. about him. Yeah. like It's been a long time Come since on. the Barbershop <laughs> trilogy. So, All right, Margo, we're starting with you. It's Bodies, Bodies, Bodies versus X. X! <laughs> I, I, I mean, I only sort of touched on this, but uh, in the pre- the, the previous episode, I touched on it more, but I didn't really love Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I don't think it's a great horror movie. I don't even think it's a... It's not a satisfying mystery, whodunit, whatever it is to me. It was fun, but X, as we've discussed at length at this point, uh, is like maybe one of my favorite movies ever. I really, really loved it. Takes the cake. This is... uh Yeah, we're at that part of the bracket, and I don't want to influence... Mike and Taylor's vote, although it's impossible. They just they listen to the things I say. Um, it's I'm vote whatever against you say, no matter what. Now we're at the point where it's like bodies, bodies, bodies. Thank you for coming. It's time to go home. Like this is way too high that you got here, Taylor. Bodies, 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 or X. Uh, the movie might be called X, but it made me say 
oh because uh, I had, <laughs> had a great time watching it uh, yeah it's absolutely X bodies 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 thank you for coming um, but you were funny but not as funny as other movies and you were suspenseful but not as suspenseful as other movies uh, you you did everything at, a, at an acceptable like 8.0 out of 10 um, but the but but the 10 out of 10s are here the movie for uh, like almost all of Act 2 was t- almost totally lit by the things that they carried that's yeah. That's cool. That's always gonna stick in my head. Yeah, like, oh, that's poetry. Get the, f- get the it, fuck it very out of here, cool. bodies, bodies, bodies. And a hilarious gag is to have the character of Alice be even covered in blood, just have the rave fucking bracelets yes. and necklace on. Very funny. But yeah, bodies, bodies, bodies. Goodbye. So, Mike, if your vote mattered, I wish it mattered, but like real democracy, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. It came down to X versus Barbarian. First, let's go to Mike, who's on the field right now. Uh, was this the final twosome that you picked? No, I was correct in the final four. I was wrong about the final two. And uh, that's what makes this game exciting, Ryan. Did you say nope versus what? I thought it was nope and X. Nope and X? X nopena, <laughs> as I call it. Taylor, we're starting right. with you. Uh, movie night. These are two of the movies that I've heard you talk more incredible shit about than, uh, I don't know, any other two movies in my life. Like, you seem to be a yeah. fan, so where are we going here? This is, I think this is the most difficult one on the racket, even more than like Barbarian versus Nope, which I think was extremely close. I think these are, these are, if I was seeding, these are my one and two seed. And I think the right two made it. Um, But this is, I don't, I haven't made up my mind until I finish this sentence, which one (laughs) I am voting for. And I think. Do you want somebody else to go? I, no, I I know now what it is, and the reason I was delaying is because I don't I don't want to kill my darling. Um, but I think ultimately I have to I do have to give this one to X <laughs> okay. Barbarian. I think uh, Barbarian I do think was one, like one of my favorite movies I've seen in the past good while. Um, but I think as we discussed earlier, like the third act of Barbarian takes its takes its foot off the gas a little bit and i think x just executed all the way through and it it had slightly less room for me to shoot shoot holes in it uh and that's and that's why i think x ultimately is going to take it down for me i have so much to say to that but i will let margo vote it's barbarian versus x um yeah, so uh, as I mentioned before, fucking loved Barbarian. Um, I think where uh, the vote goes f- to X for me is in um, in the way that the film sort of tries to and I think doesn't do a good job of talking about and depicting the city of Detroit. And um, that did really bump me at the time of watching and it still bumps me now. But the movie as a whole, what a fucking great time. One of my favorite movies of the year. X, I just love, I love that they cast Mia Goth to be the hero and the villain and have her in an old person outfit playing a super horny old person who just wants to be young. And I actually think that scene um, where she has sex with her husband with, Maxine under the bed uh, has like an added layer of horror in just the fact that like young Mia Goth is in the position that Pearl is in and 
they're having this like old, sad, almost like potentially deadly sex. And Mia Goth is in a deadly situation. And also as Maxine, she's like seeing what the future of her own sex life will look like. And Pearl is fantasizing about the past of what her sex life used to look like. It's just smart. It's just a smart fucking movie. So X for me. Hey, everybody uh, Everybody who's going to be on one of these brackets, uh, here's a little advice of the future. Save a fucking bomb about the movie for your vote, and then you drop that bomb, and you change how voting works. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, it's, it's the control. It's the, I, I went out to do something, and I did it, and I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. That X screams to me that uh, as much as I love Barbarian, uh, and I think that Barbarian, we're going to go to Mike soon. But Barbarian, if it loses now, um, and nope, already getting kicked out. I think that's sort of what we're all saying is like the the sloppy sort of like throw everything at the wall thing doesn't exactly work for this. Mike, am I off base here? No, yeah, I, I think it's not just – I think Zach Krieger did exactly what he wanted to do, but Ty West did it better. Ty West's vision was stronger and his execution was better. Uh, Barbarian, like I said, I, I was warmer on it the more I thought about it, and you're all very smart and charming, and the way you've talked about it makes me want to go watch it again even more. Uh, but yeah, X is, I think it is hard to find a flaw in X. And if, this is not going to be nearly Margo's level of bomb dropping, but, uh, <laughs> or at all, it'll probably just make you roll your eyes. <laughs> I have a bone to pick with so many horror movies. This is not Barbarian's fault. Inbreeding does not make you stronger. <laughs> it does not make you better at things. Oh, how do you know you that, Mike? Weak. How do you know that? <laughs> and so many horror movies are just like, oh, yeah, do you know why they're a monster now? Fucking inbreeding so they can lift the house. A lot of people had a problem with uh, them not casting an older woman, but instead casting Mia Goth in older makeup. Do you guys think that they should have done the right thing and cast Brendan Fraser in a fat suit? As that yeah. <laughs> I, I do actually think that, yeah. yeah. I've been campaigning on that, actually. I've, I've been I've getting signatures. You, I've seen yeah. footage of you with signs outside of like a Dunkin' Donuts for some reason. Campaigning. Yeah, well, that's where uh, Brendan Fraser fans tend to congregate is outside of the Dunkin'. Yeah. So. Brendan Fraser fans run on Dunkin'. <laughs> Guys, X is it. X marks the spot. X is the best horror movie. And I like I honestly didn't have a prediction, but throughout this episode starting to talk like not just talking about Pearl, but mostly talking about X, like I think I'd love this movie twice as much as I did coming into this episode. Mm-hmm. Um just thinking about all the stuff that it accomplishes in a normal movie running time. This is not three and a half. Plus hours. alligator death. Plus, Fuck yeah, we didn't even bring up gator. Yeah. <laughs> Every movie no. gets plus ten points if it has a gator. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Margot, Taylor, and Mike, for being here. Um, so for the three of them, my name is Ryan. Congratulations to X. Ty West, please come and pick up your award. It is, and I should tell you this now, life-size. Uh, it's, you're going to want to bring a dolly because we don't fuck around like the Oscars do and have like a tiny little man award. This is a full Ty West bronzed. So uh, come and pick it up. When you're here, let me know. We can high-five. For Riot, I'm the rest of them. I think I already said that. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.